Hello there, everybody. Sean Sheehan back here with another edition of The Sheehan Show. Uh, And today I'm going to look back at uh, a very interesting weekend in the world of mixed martial arts. Um, I want to talk about a couple of topics and a couple of kind of standout uh, things that happened over the weekend in the world of mixed martial arts. Uh, obviously, we had the uh, the massive KSW fight. I want to talk about Roberto Saldic uh, in a second. And I want to talk about a few topics from the uh, the UFC card as well, which obviously saw Derek Lewis win in the main event uh, and Stephen Wonder by Thompson win in the co-main event. But there's one thing I want to talk about before I get into all of those. And it's... Um, it's illegal slash slightly illegal, maybe, strikes in the world of mixed martial arts. And I think sometimes, right? So I'm a big advocate, as everyone knows. Like, I talk about judging and I'm a big, uh, a big rules nerd and stuff like that. And I would be more of an advocate for not taking points than taking points. I think we need, and I would also be an advocate for. Uh, you know, evolving the rules that we have different ways of penalizing fouls. Um, so, you know, and, and you know, if someone eye pokes someone and it tears the eye out of them, absolutely still take a point. Or if there's uh, five eye pokes in a row or five grind kicks in a row or whatever it might be, absolutely. I'm not a, I'm not an advocate for no point taking, but within reason. But Last night there was okay. There was two different strikes we're going to talk about. Uh, the first one was the the Dante Mays grind strikes, and when I say grind strikes, I mean strikes with his grind. And then there was the Ricky Simon grind strike with his chin at the very start of the fight. The first one, the the Mays one. I think that's fantastic. You know, someone actually asked me on a Q and A a few months ago. His name is I B Freely, which is kind of uh, a bit of a pun. Uh, <laughs> uh, a few months ago, about that because there was a fight that something similar sort of happened, and they're like, should people attack that more and use it more? And I, I remember kind of half joking at the time, saying, yeah, they, sh- they should. But then you see something like that. And it's like, well, why wouldn't they? You know, there's a cup there. There's a weapon. It's not a legal strike. It is something you can use to your advantage. And in MMA, over the last few years, you know, and, and always, I suppose, but in the last few years, especially with the uh, with the the the, uh, the progression of the sport, that you know, little bits, one uh, percent makes a, a lot of a difference. Why wouldn't you use something like that in that position? Look, it makes one it makes the person uncomfortable in terms of they're getting pounded in the face two it makes them uncomfortable because they're getting pounded in the face with a dick basically so why wouldn't you do it you're the name of the game is to make your opponent uncomfortable and why wouldn't you try to make them as uncomfortable as they possibly could be in that situation so strikes like that i i you know i think people uh people should do that now it's not an illegal strike, so I, maybe I'm I'm not I shouldn't be bunching that in with the way I started this. But what uh, <laughs> what I would say is, I, I think it's something to be maybe looked at to whether, whether using the cup like that should be illegal. Now I think it should. I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but it's definitely maybe a discussion that um, that they need to have with the the ABC and things like that. The other strike that Ricky Saman landed, which. I watched the the fights back this morning, and I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it was like the first, it was the first strike uh, of the fight because um, Michael Bisbee or, or maybe uh, 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 Brendan Fisher actually said it. They're not warmed up yet. No, it's in the first five or six seconds of the fight. At least we can kind of restart the fight and start again. That one to me looked as clear and uh, you know a mint strike as it possibly could be. Like he came up, 
went right down the middle with his shin straight into the cup. Like, there's no turn on the leg to kick the inside of the calf. There's no, like, let's say if it was a front kick to the face or coming right up through the middle or a teep to the body and his opponent walk, you know, Asuns walks into it and he just catches him, bad timing. I didn't see any of that. You know, um, Delian Edwards, Bilal Muhammad fight where there was the eye poke. I think it was really bad timing, you know, one guy moved one way at one stage and the other guy moved the other, and it was it landed. That can happen, it can happen with with strikes all the time. But this one to me, I think like maybe I'm wrong and maybe Ricky Sabat will come out here and give out to me. I think he came out and just said, You get one for free, let's take it. And he just kicked him right upside the balls <laughs> and, and, and took that took that shot for free and what's gonna happen like the referee comes over and he goes oh he did i know you didn't mean it you caught him uh goes over to Aston so he didn't mean it and he's like and he goes back to simon and he's like oh Aston so he, he even knows you didn't mean it. it's like well what if he did mean it you know why why should we immediately rule out someone throwing an illegal strike illegally why should we rule that out? Like, it can happen. Now, I'm not saying, and I'm very much not saying, because I'm an advocate for the other way around, that every illegal strike should be an illegal strike, and none of them are, are you know, you get your first warning in the, in the dressing room. I hate that sort of stuff. But when it's so obvious, when it's so clear like this, I, I think a point should have been taken straight away there. I think he meant it. I think he should have got serious warnings, and I think it was a very obviously bad grind strike with no attempt to land on the uh, on the legs whatsoever so that to me that was one of those things those egregious things i said in the weekend and actually i, I went to sleep last night i watched the fights and uh, on the way back or on, on saturday night and, and I, I watched the fights in, in the morning uh, so maybe there was a bit of uh, back and forth about it online on twitter and stuff, but i didn't see any of that obviously but um yeah I, I just think that was really bad and that was my first kind of takeaway from the weekend my second takeaway, I'm gonna. I want to talk about Derek Lewis for a minute because uh, anyone who watched my betting show knows I I gave Darkus as my bet, and uh, not that I ruled Derek Lewis out or anything, but I, I was pretty confident in it. Now I don't think Darkus fought the best fight in the world. Let me just say that first. I think he had some leg kicks that were there, and he stopped throwing them. Um, or didn't throw enough of them. Didn't go for any takedowns. Didn't try to clinch up. But Derek Lewis was. I thought it was a bad performance from him, but. I, I want to leave that to aside for a second, but what a, I think it was a great performance from Derek Lewis. Like, those bo- both things can happen. One guy can fight really well and one guy can fight really badly. And that's what I think we saw here from Derek Lewis. And, like, I was a guy down through the years who maybe didn't give Derek Lewis enough credit, who saw him coming into the UFC and he was a very, very average fighter. He was just using his his maybe massive frame and his inability to give up and his, his heart and his will and his power to win fights. I know he got to a certain level lost you know got back to a certain level lost again but now it feels like he's gotten to a certain level at a higher level than that and is sticking at that level because sometimes we rule you know even me at the weekend like i I didn't i didn't rule him out per se but i thought darkest would win and like why didn't i pick Derek lewis to win like why don't didn't most people pick Derek lewis to win why was darkest the favorite here like Derek lewis has proven it down through the years he is in this conversation like Derek lewis is one of the best heavyweights in the world okay he mightn't be francis or uh, he beat francis but you know he, he mightn't be Cyril gan you mightn't be john jones or steve miocic but he's really really good you know i, I was talking about if darkest won this he'd be the next in line after that you know the trifecta or the, or the four lads there i just mentioned um 
No, Derek Lewis has put himself back in that conversation. And it's not that put him back in that conversation. He should be in that conversation always anyway. Okay, he lost to, to Cyril Gagne, but he won, what, five fights before that? He's won another one now. Like, we need to start giving more respect to Derek Lewis. And also, it's not just about wins, because it's easy to be a, a scoreboard journalist, as uh, as my good friend uh, Ken Early <laughs> once, once said. Uh, it's easy to be that. And it's easy to be, you know, to talk about people under their wins and their losses. But I think Derek Lewis has improved as a fighter over the years, and he is way better now than he was before. Actually, initially when he adjusted to become maybe a more technical fighter and less of a brawler. I don't think it worked for him. I, I just don't think it worked for him. Um, I think he was better off being a brawler. I think he was better off. And you saw that points in his fights. He just, well, this is not working. Let's give it up. Let's go back to brawling. And it worked for him. But he stuck to that over the last three or four years. He stuck to his improvements in his game. And even when it wasn't going right, even when it wasn't maybe the best thing to do, at certain points in certain fights, he has stuck to it, I think, in his preparation and in his game planning over the last few years. And it's now paying off for him. Whereas I think Derek Lewis, okay, he's not he's not a Gagne or a John Jones in terms of, of um of technique and all of that, but he's a way, way better fighter than Derek Lewis five or six years ago. And those switch kicks that he throws, though you know, the the way he can land these power shots, I think his cardio is a lot better now. I think he's a he's a serious athlete now in terms of the preparations he does and everything I think Derek Lewis is a really a shining light about what you can become if you have a really good base uh, whether it's you know a base skill or a base athleticism or a base power with a stick to that'll get you to a place with the right kind of backing with the right mentality to get to that right place and I think Derek Lewis's performance over the last few years and again on Saturday night have been tremendous, you know, have been really, really tremendous. As I said, okay, he's not a Jones, he's not a, a Gagne, he's not a, you know, a, an Usman or a Demetrius Johnson or, or a Habib Nurmagomedov, maybe in terms of uh, uh, in terms of what he does, but he fights a, a very, very smart, intelligent Derek Lewis fight with a more technical aspect to his game than he had before. It's not just going out winging, it's not just going out brawling. It is waiting to pick that shot, drawing lads in, Look what he did to Blades when he went for that uh, when he went for the takedown, coming in with these short uppercut, landing it, knocking him out. Look what he did uh, against uh, against Darkus, knocking him out up against the cage when Darkus was kind of holding back and waiting. And he was, you know, as well when you when you're looking at Darkus, like why didn't he go for the takedown? That was probably the question everyone is asking themselves. We probably didn't go for the takedown because of what Derek Lewis did in his last fight with um, uh, with, with uh, the aforementioned Curtis Blades. And those things matter, you know, and, and when you have that in your arsenal, it makes it tough for the next guy to do that. So fair play to him. A really, really great performance from Derek Lewis, a guy who is no longer just a brawler. He is now a legitimately good fighter. And uh, I, I'm glad to see it. As someone who's maybe, you know, criticized Derek Lewis in the past and, and maybe talked talked down about Derek Lewis a little bit, I think um I think it's time to talk him up now because I think he's good. Now, as I said, okay, he might never be Ganya or Jones or Majocic. But, you know, Gino Wells never won championships. Joe Lozon or Diego Sanchez or Cowboy Cerrone or, you know, f- fighters down through the years. Dustin Poirier came in the interim. Those are still very, very good fighters. Very, very good fighters. And do you know what? So is Derek Lewis. So fair play to him. Um, right, I'm going to move over to KSW and I'm going to circle back then to Wanderboy for a while. I want to talk a little bit about Roberto Saldic. Um... What a win over Mamed Kaladov. I did the, the preview show here talking about it. And 
he he fulfilled I think what everyone thought he could do. Um, he came out there. I, I thought Kaladov made a great fight of it. To be honest, he was light on his feet for a forty-one-year-old. Find me, find me a more athletic forty-one-year-old, and I think you do a good job. Okay, maybe you El Romero, but still, the way he was moving, how he was so quick on his feet, I, I thought he was just—he looked really, really great, Kaladov. Um, he was tiring Saldic out. I spoke about that in the preview. If he could tire him out, it might be a big, big part of it. And he was trying to do that. Obviously, Saldic moving up and went and put on a lot of muscle for this fight. Um, and Kaladov was landing some nice shots. Saldic was landing shots if he's on. I'm not saying it was all uh, Saldic or anything. But from Kaladov's point of view, it was really, really good, I thought. And I think he was trying to play the long game. But Saldic is just such a good fighter. His ability to land shots, that body kick, that left hook... Is, is unbelievable. And make no mistake about it, this guy is one of the best welterweights on planet Earth. UFC, no UFC, Bellator, PFL, KSW, Cage, whereas it doesn't matter. This guy is one of the best in the world. And the power shots that he landed on Kalidov, a lot of people wouldn't have taken even a few of them, but the, the final one was absolutely fantastic. But I just want to talk about before what that happened to that and now after, maybe what's next. Um, I thought Saldic was maybe tiring a little bit, you know, and, and Kaladov's game was paying off. And just, there was like a, maybe a 15 to 20 second sequence of Saldic throwing shots, Kaladov moving out of the way. And in the middle of that, I was like, oh, he's tiring, you know, he's tiring, his muscle is getting to him, you know, Joe Rogan would be roared, and if he was doing the commentary for, uh, for KSW, he'd be shouting, no, he's getting tired. Uh, and then he knocked him out <laughs> straight away. So that middle of that 15 seconds, it was like, oh, 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 okay. <laughs> and it was it was a, an unbelievable, thunderous left hook knockout with a couple of shots uh, for good measure after it that were, you know, they were probably necessary because you never know who in Kaladov, he was knocked out, but ooh, you never know he could, uh, he could bounce back up and it was absolutely fantastic. That power, that accuracy, that solid, if you've never seen him fighting before, that's what he is. You know, that's exactly what he is and moving up to middleweight as well. I'd like to see him back down at welterweight if we move forward and see what's next. Uh, he's talking about uh, light heavyweight and being the three-weight champion. Look, if he's staying in KSW and he's staying in KSW for the next three or four years, I would I would be in favor. You know, go up to light heavyweight, get that belt there, then do what you want after that. I, I think the biggest issue for him, though, if he isn't staying at, at KSW is, and, you know, if he maybe wants to go to the UFC and try to be a, a UFC champion, is if he does go to light heavyweight, it's going to be very, very hard to get back down to welterweight because he's a big, big muscular guy. He might, might be the tallest guy in the world. He can make 170 perfect. But if you put on the amount of muscle he did to get to middleweight, then you're putting on even more muscle to get to light heavyweight. That's going to be a long way down from 205 to 170 if you put on muscle to get there. Um, so, look, if it's long-term in KSW, no problem. He can fight at light heavyweight, maybe work his way back down to, to welterweight again. But if he goes, if he's signing for the UFC, if he's going to fight for the UFC, if he's moving over there, which he might not. They're paid a lot in KSW. Kaladov never went and he was paid a lot and he's very happy. Look what he's done in his career. It's been fantastic. So that's not assured whatsoever. Uh, but if that's what he wants to do, I think if he is staying in KSW for another fight, you either stay middleweight or move back down to welterweight. I don't think the, the 205 idea is great if that is your situation. Now, I, I would not never advocate for a man to go and take less money to go and fight somewhere else. The exact same thing with Ray Cooper I spoke about a, a few weeks back. 
but I would still love to see Ray Cooper fight against some of the best guys in the UFC. I would still love to see Saldic fight against some of the best guys in the UFC. Will the UFC pay them to come over? I don't know, you know? No, it's probably the answer to that. We probably all know the answer to that is no. Uh, but I would still love to see it. Like I tweeted out there on Saturday night, Sean Brady versus Roberto Saldic. What a fight that would be. Two absolute tanks who hit hard, good ground games. You know, Sean Brady with his his big takedowns and his submissions and his power and Saldic's power. I think that would be an absolutely perfect matchup and I would love to see that. What a fight. And, you know, Saldic all the way up to the champion. I would love to see him fight all, all of those lads in the welterweight division. So, um, look, whatever happens, I hope Saldic gets as much money and paid well as possible. I would, best case scenario, I would like that to be in the UFC against all those best guys. But if he fights in KSW for the next five years and has all those challenges, I'll be happy enough as well. Because there's some very, very, very good talent in KSW and there will continue to be as well. So, uh, Roberto Saldic stand out from the weekend. If you haven't seen that, make sure to check it out. I tweeted out the knockout uh, over at Chanchi NBA if you want to, to see it there. But the full fight is worth watching as well. Very, very good fight. Fight of the weekend. I said it last week on the, on the show as well. I know other people were sending online after that as well. Uh, fantastic fight and a, and a fantastic event as well. KSW do great things. Um, the last person I want to talk about here is, uh, is Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Um, and as everyone knows, like down through the years, maybe if you're, you're following me and stuff, I've, I've been a big kind of fan of Wonderboy. I just like his style. I like the way he fights. I like the way he carries himself. Um, he's been a very, very good fighter down through the years. But it's just, it's very unfortunate that I think we've reached the end of Wonderboy as as a top competitor. I know he came out afterwards in the press conference and he says he still has title aspirations and everything like that. But there's, I think there's a sad reality when you get to a stage in your career where it's built on speed, dexterity, and movement. And when you can't circle off that cage and stop the takedown with your feet, you're finished against anyone who's who's good like Bilal Muhammad. Now, I, I think a few years ago, look, Bilal Muhammad fought Wonderboy. Wonderboy would have been a huge favorite. And even with, with Bilal's improvements, and take nothing away from Bilal, this is about Wonderboy for a second. I'll speak in other places about Bilal. I think he's a very, very good fighter. Maybe not the most exciting performance in the world, but that's maybe a chat for another day. But I, I think Wonderboy would have taken care of someone with that skill set a few years ago, even now, if he had his own skill set from a few years back. But... You, he's had a lot of miles on the road. You know, he's had a lot of kickboxing bouts. He's older now, maybe than you expect. You know, he's kind of a baby face, but he's well into his thirties. Um, and he got to the very top of the mountain, and you don't stay at the very top of the mountain for very long in mixed martial arts. If you get there when you're young, maybe, and you haven't much taken, like a John Jones, you can stay there for a very, very long time. Like someone like a Glover Teixeira or a Blahovich or someone like that when they're older, they're not staying there for a long time. We all look, we all know that. They probably know that themselves. It's a very unfortunate though when you're someone like Wonderboy, when you for I think a few years were the best welterweight in the world. You know that last Tyron Woodley and the draw, he should have won one of those fights. I think we all know it. He he decimated Rory McDonald. He was the best welterweight in the world for a while, and the fact that you've never met that you know you've never you've been the best welterweight in the world but you've never held the title you've never touched that gold it's and now you're on a place where you never will 
that's very very sad and you know for someone who's a big fan of Wonderboy and I'm sure for his other you know his fans and his family and everything like that it's a very 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 sad situation but it's also the reality of mixed martial arts you know people always talk about the um the Hall of Fame and things and as, as someone Irish I don't really understand Hall of Fames that much it's very as a, a very American thing but when, when I look at it and I think like what's the difference between a Hall of Famer and not a Hall of Famer it probably is that like is Wonderboy a Hall of Famer probably not you know if he had got that decision against Woodley and defended his title a couple of times you know and had big fights would he be a Hall of Famer maybe he would yeah you know but it's it's very very tough it's a very very tough situation and the reality of a, a dog eat dog world that you're going to get here in the reality of a world where you, you there's no hangers on you know there's no there's no people who are who win a title when they shouldn't win a title you know it very very rarely happens at the end of your career anyway like it's okay it happens say for a guy like Michael Bisping or something like that or Glover Teixeira but the way they won it was kind of like uh, Michael Bisping was still a very very good fighter like I don't think Michael Bisping was out of his prime at the time he won it just like we weren't expecting Michael Bisping with his skill set maybe to beat some of the guys Glover Teixeira has kind of had a renaissance in his career and I think like the the experience and the old head on him actually suited his skill set, whereas Wonderboy he is a young man's skill set. Let's be honest here, he has a very very young man's skill set. We you can't have reflexes and speed and footwork like that when you're fifty. You know you can have that when you're twenty five, and then there's someone in the in between bits like Wonderboy right now. And it saddens me to say it because as I said, one of my favorite fighters of all time. But that's where that's where he is right now in his career, and I unfortunately don't think it's it's getting any better for him. Um, and that's it's a very very sad thing to say. So, like those are my takeaways from the weekend. Derek Lewis, really really good performance. We need to uh, we need to start talking about him in a more positive light. Wonderboy, unfortunately, I think this is the end of the championship road for him or the contendership road anyway. Roberto Saldic. One of the uh, one of the best fighters in the world outside of the UFC and maybe hopefully inside of the UFC very soon. And those illegal slash maybe not illegal strikes as well uh, were were my kind of takeaways from this massive weekend in the world of, of mixed martial arts. Um, I leave it at that. Um, lots of more shows coming over the uh, the Christmas period. I'm gonna do uh, some little look aheads to uh, next year. Looking at some fights I want to make next year. Maybe talking about some Irish people who I'd like to see in in the UFC and have big fights next year as well. And a little bit about uh, Conor McGregor. So I look forward to all of that over the next few weeks on SureDog.com. And I'm um, Sean Sheehan for SureDog.com. Thank you very much for watching. We'll see you all next time.